Hey, and welcome everybody to the Doc Comedy Podcast. I'm DJ Marcus, and I'm joined live in the basement of Beltsville by my boys. This week, we're going to talk about a whole lot of things going on in the world. Donald Trump losing his mind. Alf dies. All right, guys, we see you more on the Doc Comedy Podcast. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. And welcome to the Dot Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Marcus. And I'm live in the basement of Beltsville. And I'm joined by my boy, Joey LaFaro. Joey, say what's up to the people. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way broke. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm stopped. I'm stopped. That, that stops you. Oh, man. This week. economically. <laughs> Oh, man, this week we are live in the Basin Bells where we are joined by the talented Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, say hello to the people. Hey, gentlemen, how we doing tonight? Thanks for having me here. Oh, yeah, it's always a pleasure having having guests in the building. We're going to talk to Mr. Brian Lee in a minute. But, again, the Dot Comedy team is live back on the Internet. Well, live to tape back on the Internet. Um, No blue this week. Uh, So all those fans of Blues News who have been Sending me email after email after email. <laughs> this is the new emails. We haven't had blues news in like we haven't had, we haven't had blues news in, in probably like two months. But hey, they keep sending emails because they love blue. I don't know why, but again, <laughs> it's it, he is not here this week. He had uh, some, some things going on. He had a, he had to step out for a bit, but he'll be back hopefully in the future, sometime soon. He'll be back on the show. Uh, but we'll see you next time on the Dot Comedy Podcast. But again. Mr. Brian Lee, the dot comedy family grows leaps and bounds. Uh, Mr. Brian Lee has reached out to Joey LaFaro, and him and Joey did a couple shows together out in the uh, in the farther reaches of Maryland, I'll say. Yeah, well, yeah, Southern Maryland. I don't know if this show reaches that far. <laughs> if it is, they probably don't want to hear anything from me anymore. I'll tell you that. Will one day. Oh, yeah. It, uh, where were you at? California, in California, Maryland, and yeah, then, we did a uh, show in California, Maryland. Then uh, the last one we did was in Severna Park, Severna Maryland. Park, yeah. So yeah, we're uh, we're, we're we're hitting all the American legions and VFWs, just like a, a good independent wrestler would. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fun odd. fact: Pasadena, Maryland, nowhere close to in California, Maryland. Like it's <laughs> a separate place. Separate places. That's in a completely different area. But strangely okay. enough, right next to California, Maryland, Hollywood, Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> See, it doesn't. <laughs> It's, Maryland's weird. I, don't, I think I think Maryland started the naming process, and then the rest of the state just stole everything. I mean, we've been here longer. Yeah. I don't know if those cities have been here longer, but I'm going to say that California stole it all from us, including their state name. It's their state name, their most famous city, and then Pasadena, which I don't know why they would steal that name for any reason. Oh man, but Mr. Bradley, so just uh, we're going to get into a little bit with you and talk about things going on with you. Uh, you're a comedian. I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're a promoter. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, I I, I do self promoting basically, for, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, I just found it it, it works easier, works around my schedule, uh, and I, I I enjoy promoting my own stuff and actually working with, I don't want to say, uh, new comics or younger comics, but yeah, I just, I, I like uh, I, I like working with people who are excited about the business. Yeah. Yeah, that, so. that's always good. That's always good to have people who have a fire about the business you're in because it it burns out quickly. Especially we've learned in dealing with 
in that comedy over the last two years. Uh, that fire will burn out. Define quickly. Like. <laughs> well, for you, it's been a slow. <laughs> Define burnout. <laughs> well, I, I tell you guys, I, I've been doing it for 16 years. Really? Yeah, I've, I've been. Uh, I, I started back in 2000, uh, and and uh, it's. It, I basically worked part time at it. Okay. Um, I worked with this uh, pretty pretty famous comic. His name was R. Bruce, and I op- I got to open up for him probably my second or third year. Okay. And I asked him for advice after the show, and and I said, hey, what you know? Can you give me some advice and everything? He said, don't take this the wrong way, but keep your day job. <laughs> and I'm like, how? Oh, that's he goes, no, no, no. He goes, you have a job and you're making money. He goes, you're doing this for fun. He said, when it stops becoming fun and it becomes work, then you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, I'm a part-timer because I'm having fun. Okay. That's good. All right, well, that's good. So you, you, so you started 16 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you started 16 years ago. Um, we, we talked it and during our pre-show meeting. Uh, we spoke about you being in the armed services. You uh you were in the I did Navy? I did I did twenty I did twenty three years. I was a split service guy. I did seven in the army and then I uh, I raised my scores up and I got into the navy oh. <laughs> in my last sixteen years. Oh man, there aren't people gonna hate me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, I just retired last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that was congratulations. Good. Thank, thank, thank you no. for your service. Uh, it was a pleasure to serve. Oh yeah. And uh who are some of your influences in comedy? Oh I gr- <laughs> growing up and a lot of people forget this, uh one of my first favorite stands was Steve Martin. People forget that he yeah. did. Uh, I his I had his album "Let's Get Small," and I had that thing memorized. I think when I was eight years old, I didn't understand a single joke, yeah. but I could parrot it like nobody's business. And my older brother and sister loved it. I was like, you know, I was like their little party favor. Yeah. Hey, do those Steve Martin jokes, you know? And oh, that was yeah. kind of what got me into it. Like at a young age, I guess it kind of that's where the spark hit because you realize you can get people's attentions and hold it, and they're just. You know, waiting on your next word. Yeah, that's that's the rush. That, I think that's the rush that like a lot of people talk about. Yeah. And and uh, but I never never pictured myself being a comic. You know, it was I, I just you know I never pictured being in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, two thousand. Uh, my good friend Dave, who Joe got to meet, he's the one who talked me into it. He's because I always thought maybe I'd be a writer. Okay. Okay. And because uh, I just again I didn't think I was going to be in front of people. Yeah. And uh, he talked me into doing an open mic, and. <laughs> I killed, and the, <laughs> I'd say I killed. I was like, yeah, I should say it. It killed me because I had a really good, you know, for a Thursday night in a you know a bar in Connecticut. Oh wow! Yeah, it's when people are there just to watch every want to be Eddie Vedder sing about how miserable <laughs> yeah. their life is. Oh, well, here comes this comic, and everybody just like stops, like what what's going on? There's there's no one singing about angst. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was really really cool. It was it was a, it was a nice uh, a nice kickstart. All right, well yeah, man, that, that's that's awesome. We we. We here at Die Comedy do foster that too. We started in a small dive bar in the middle of Rockville, <laughs> and moved our way up to the top, then back to the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> oh no! I'd say I I I don't want to say I stumbled across you. I was actively looking, and, and when I, I found all your stuff, and I just I was in awe. I was like I was like so this is the kind of stuff I love to see, yeah. and the and the fact you guys just take it and run with it, it's it's phenomenal. Oh, and, yeah. and so again, if I didn't say it, thank you guys for having me on. It's really I really appreciate this. Oh yeah, this is absolutely, fun. not a problem at all, man. We like we love having you here. I, I won't even say like anymore. We love having <laughs> you here. Absolutely, thank Joey. You for coming. Do you have anything to ask? You never ask any questions during our during our interview segment. I don't. You always leave it to me, and then it's like, hey, <laughs> well, you're the comic. I've ask done comic two, questions. I've done two shows, so I'm trying to remember what I've asked already that I haven't. You you you're you actually can ask him questions that you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, I'm asking questions that I'm asking for other people. Like it's not the same. Uh, I've already had those questions answered. Of course. 
See, so it's weird. That's why I don't. Because usually I, I I I know the people pretty well. Damn it, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> but I always I always I always like to ask uh, comedians: Has there ever been a time when you bombed on stage, but you thought that your set was top notch? Oh man, I I I don't want it. Man, it's, that's a tough one because <laughs> I, I have been very fortunate. Um, I've I've been ve- my first solo set was probably the scariest one I've ever did because. I opened up for uh, Johnny Rizzo. I don't know if you remember him or not. He was like the first winner of Star Search, 25-year professional comic. He headlines at Dangerfields. My first gig outside of that open mic was opening for Johnny Rizzo. Wow. And I was scared to death. (laughs) I looked like Elvis on stage. Like, my whole body was perfectly still, except my left leg was shaking. (laughs) And I'm trying to hide behind the microphone. And it's it's just, I had 15 minutes of the crappiest material (laughs) That I just threw together, and I just had one killer joke right in the middle of it, <laughs> and and I'm just I'm talking to crickets, and then I hit that one joke, and I got the I got the applause after it. You know that that's to me that's the stinger that every comedian you know waits yeah. for. Yeah. Tell Joe get the laugh and the applause. I got that my first time on stage, and I'm like after that I'm like, I think I could do this. This is all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I I've I've I say I've, I've had bad crowds. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had bad sets. Okay. Um. I, I and because I, I try to, I, I try to gear it. You know, I've been told that if I'm having a bad set, I talk faster. <laughs> so if so, if I get off stage, and I realize, oh, I was only up there for the, you know this amount of time. Oh yeah, my set sucked. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I can see that. I've I when I was a younger man, I was a singer in the in the previous life. You didn't know this, Joey. <laughs> I did know this. You you did you know said this? you were in show choir. Yes. And whenever we would. Marcus was the football player on Glee. Yes, uh, basically that was me. <laughs> Excellent. Whenever we would uh, sing, we would sing really quickly because we missed some steps. <laughs> so our teacher would always say, "You all need to slow down and get this right," because we mi- as soon as we miss a step, the f- the tempo of the whole song would change, and she'd be like, "You all are singing way too fast, and you're not know what words you're coming up on." So I can see I can see how that happens on stage. It's 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 so weird because we. We we always talk with comics when they come off stage, especially new comics when they come to our rooms, and just tell them, "Hey, just slow down," because that's uh, that's always that's always the one key to every new comic is that you're up there and you want to get all your jokes out in that three to five minutes, whatever you have. I I was very lucky. I had I I, I was I was always like right place at right time, so I got a lot of professional mentors oh. that helped me out. Like, um, I don't know if you guys know who Billy Elmer is. Uh, he was in Wedding Singer, uh, oh, wow. that guy from Table Seven. Okay. okay. Yeah. He's yeah. A, he's a Pittsburgh comic. Him and uh, Billy Gardell from Mike and Molly came up oh, together. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, but I got to work with him quite a bit, and and he uh, he basically he mentored me a good bit. And I got to you know open for him a few times, and and he gave me just a lot of uh, you know a lot of good pointers and everything. And then I worked with some people from the Comedy Zone. They opened a place out in Ohio, and I just went and asked them like, Hey, look, I just want to get some stage time. I don't want any money. And and the owner was like. Hey, you want to MC? You can MC anytime you want to come in. So basically, wow. anytime a new set of group comes, because he would have had to do it. Oh, he, okay. he didn't like doing it. He, <laughs> he's like, so if you want to go up there, so I got to work with like all these guys. I didn't make any money, but you know, I got that valuable experience, and I got yeah. to, to oh, pick yeah. their brains after the show, and you know, learning little nuances, you know, about pacing and timing. And by pacing, I mean walking back and forth. Because yeah. <laughs> I realized when I walk back and forth on a stage, I talk faster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My set was fair. Didn't wait for the punchlines. It was always one of those kind of things. Okay. Yeah, you never. I, I, I still, I'm working on not stepping on my laughs. Cause it's, it's tough. It's, yeah. it's, 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 
time they say time is everything and that's yeah. you have to get it you know yeah. okay well i mean definitely glad to have you on the show Next. you're gonna hang out with us for the whole show this week i would love to all right <laughs> you have anything going coming up to in the near future well it's i i you know i'm semi-retired i usually take the summers off okay i was fine but i right now actually i have a couple things in the fire right now that i'm working on i don't want to i don't want to throw it out there just yet until i get them locked down okay uh, but if i if you don't care i'll plug my website yeah, and then if people want to like, if they want to look see where we're going to be at, it's it's all going to be on the website. And I think I have the longest, worst possible name for a website, and I picked that for a reason. <laughs> it is www dot cerebral dash punishment dot com. Cerebral and the little dash punishment dot. So I somebody had cerebral punishment already. I don't know who, <laughs> yeah. but I had to get it with the dash. So okay. So at that, or you just look up Brian Lee comedian. Okay. And a lot of times you, it'll link you straight to my site. So oh, okay. that's nice. Well, that's yeah. Definitely nice. So yeah, as soon as I get something lined up, it'll it, it's going to go up on the site, and we'll right. be able to book it from there. Okay, we cool. Definitely. We'll definitely tag it on this week's show. Oh, and, excellent! Uh, Thank you. So we so we so that everyone knows can have a link to it. Perfect on Thanks. our website. We, and we know on that the, uh, pain because we had to put you can't put dot dot comedy, <laughs> so we had to spell out dot, which confuses everyone because <laughs> our logo doesn't have it in there. Yeah. Oh, it's a pain. Which got trademarked today. Excellent. Congratulations. Oh, thank we, you. We are official for after two years <laughs> telling everyone we're official. Uh, man, but we're going to take a quick break on the Dad Comedy Podcast. We'll be back with more fun, more things going on in the world. The little man inside the suit died. Led Zeppelin getting sued. Donald Trump in the news. Of course he is. He's a jackass. But we'll be back with more fun on the Dad Comedy Podcast. You know how I do it. Shall be packed out. But Monday night doesn't have to. Join us at Recessions Bar and Grill on L Street in D.C. for our Funny for Money stand-up comedy show. It's free, and you'll get to see some of the funniest local and touring comics as they bring their A-game and compete to win a cash prize, and you get to choose the winner. So come on out and enjoy a great show, plus extended happy hour specials like all-you-can-eat wings, $3 beers, and more. For more information, follow us on Twitter at PrettyFunnyENT. And we're back on the Dot Comedy Podcast. This segment of the Dot Comedy Podcast is brought to you by Pretty Funny Monday. It's every session's lounge. Come on by and see Miss Candace August. Make you laugh every Monday. Every other Monday, I'm sorry, at Recessions Lounge in Washington, D.C. And we're back on the Dot Comedy Podcast, folks. We are live in the basement of Bellsville. I'm DJ Marcus, joined by Joey LaFaro and Mr. Brian Lee. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. But we're going to get into a couple things going on in the world. Um, a lot of things, a lot of, man, I, I swear, last week we talked about this, and it and it hurt my heart continue to talk about it but too many people died in 2016 yep oh unbelievable <laughs> it is it is the worst year for celebrities to be celebrities because the only people really dying are celebrities i haven't heard of too many people who were not of in the elder ages of life dying that aren't celebrities this year but just in case there was a bear in the neighborhood recently <laughs> so, so be careful leave, be careful not recently this morning, <laughs> it was a bear. There was a bear down the street from Joey's home. There's a bear somewhere out in the local. I don't know if they caught the bear yet. 
Now, is it like a bear bear, or is it like an old man in, in a leather vest bear? <laughs> From what we heard, it's a black bear. Oh, okay. It's a black bear. That, the man in the vest would be a blue bear. <laughs> it was smoking Newports <laughs> when they last saw it. Oh, man. But uh, the elf actor, I, I cannot pronounce that. I am Michu nowhere near. Mizaros. Michu Mizaros dies at age 76. Now, he is a little person who was Two. in the elf outfit. For all the years that Alf was on TV. Two foot nine. Two foot nine. Got his start in the circus. No lie. True story. Was he in uh, The Wizard of Oz? He looks like one of the Wizard of Oz characters. May have been. He may have been. 76. Ooh, that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of close. <laughs> he looks like every creepy baby ever. Y- yeah. <laughs> that Alf costume actually did him justice. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but he, 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 was, he was a member of our childhood. He made our childhood fun. And we just have to continue to, to mourn the loss of so many astounding celebrities that, that that either were part of our childhoods or a part of our just daily life. Do you think that's how furry started? Alf? No, like someone looked <laughs> was dating him and was like, do me with the costume on. <laughs> and then, I don't think he would have. And, then, and he's like, is this because I look like a creepy baby? And they're like, no, I just want, I just like it when you bang me as Alf. I want you to, I want I like fuzzy. <laughs> I, I like, like that, sex with fuzzy things. That penis-shaped nose coming at me. And then someone else heard about it, and then they're like, yeah, I'm going to try that. And then it became a thing to have sex with mascots. No. <laughs> Brian's now, face now see, it just, tells you, the question. See, because you just went, because he brings, he's like, oh, this is something from our childhood, and now... It's, you know, banging L furries, you know, it's, <laughs> that's childhood ruined, you know, that's, that's pretty much. I'm sorry, Brian, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what Joey does, ruins childhood. I, I guess I want to know, it's like, you ever see when they have these funerals, they always have like a, a, a portrait up of the person by the casket. Now, are they going to have Alf's picture up, you know, because that's what this dude's known for. That's what everyone knew him as. They're going to have a, uh, a, a portrait, but it's going to have like a slide, and so the Alf will just slide back up and down over his face. <laughs> It'll be like he's putting the helmet on. <laughs> That's <is> wrong. <laughs> the fact that we are we are finding this much humor in this this poor old midget who brought joy to our lives. Okay, we'll just go by there. You know, yeah, there we go. He only wore the Alf costume when Alf wasn't like behind something. Most of the time, he was puppet operated behind a. Couch oh yeah. Or something. So he wore it when when you'd see Alf running. That was him. That's that's weird. And he still gets a top story, and that's all he did? Yes. <laughs> well, this is why we're talking about the furries thing. Because, I mean, here we go. It's like David Bowie, Prince, Michu Basaros. Okay, just, <laughs> it's not rolling. <laughs> and the BBC wrote about this. All the other ones were on, like, TMZ. Every time we got articles for the everyone else, it was TMZ or, uh, or The Verge. <laughs> the BBC, a news organization of note. Wrote about this midget who was who was the the human form of Alf. If you would get to hear them actually do this on a BBC newscast with that serious anchor, that would just be the greatest thing. <laughs> Another news: Mitchumis Soros has passed on. He is survived by <laughs> by fifteen tiny women. <laughs> it is rumored that he doll. ate fifteen cats while on set. Unfortunately, the skeleton of one of them finally passed through his colon. <laughs> That's horrible. Ah, oh, Joseph. But again, save Bichu home. was a method actor. <laughs> and Alpha always wanted the cat. So. Save home, Bichu Mazarios. I'm sorry. 
again. I've had too much fatigue to drink today, and I'm a little out of it. You're a lot of it. I, I can understand that, uh, man. But again, safe home, sir. We we will miss you, and the, the memories of you running around in our childhood have always, always, always have a special place in my heart. I there is no greater chaser of pussy. <laughs> that is a that, that's perfect I, that's, I can't i can't go any further than that all yeah. right <laughs> and that's coming from a virgin so you know <laughs> i mean it in other news led zeppelin now i am not a fan of led zeppelin i can honestly tell you i Right now, I'm going to look up some of Led Zeppelin's music because that'll be what we play into the next break. I think this is where my my age is going to come into because <laughs> I've got to see Robert Plant in concert three times. Okay, so I I, I, I I'm a I, I like to say the expert I, at least in the room. Yeah, yeah <laughs> on, I got on, to see P Diddy perform with Jimmy Page's music behind him. <laughs> Oh, that's cool though. You got to see Jimmy Page. That's fantastic. I don't know if Jimmy Page. Was I don't know if Jimmy Page there. was there, but <laughs> it was he was he was there in spirit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so so Led Zeppelin's being sued for copyright infringement, uh, based on stealing. Is it lyrics? Did they steal lyrics? What, no, what they steal? Uh, they're saying that the f- opening of Stairway to Heaven was lifted from. I don't know why they use that terminology. Was lifted <laughs> from a song by. The band Spirit, which was uh, a band that Zeppelin had kind of toured with when they were starting up. Um, and s- the Spirit song Taurus, I believe, is what it's called. So they're saying so, yeah. they're saying that the the opening uh, melody there was lifted from that. And, and Led Zeppelin's coming back and saying, well, this is this is, you know, a, uh, this is a common chord or whatever you know it's been in a million songs so let, hold on let's see what that chord actually is <laughs> dj marcus is actually being a dj today <laughs> i think it's this part i could be wrong now there's one thing that i find suspicious is this isn't the band suing this isn't the guitarist of the band suing this is the estate of of the deceased guitarist <laughs> suing. So he lived a full life after this happened. And didn't care. And didn't care or sue, but now his family wants to. If you've been seeing this, I mean, there's been a lot of this lately as far as the, the, the bands being sued. The, you know, it's uh, it, uh, Sam Smith yeah. just got yeah. sued. Uh, I think it was that Tom Petty that sued him. Tom Petty sued Sam Smith. And then, uh, 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 Marvin Gaye's estate sued Robin Thicke. Do you remember the first one, though? No. The very I, first one, Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. over Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's where it started. That's where that's where the whole thing started. Wow. <laughs> I Want a New Drug is the exact same song as Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah. Listen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you listen to it, you I actually thought that the same person wrote both songs. <laughs> I didn't think about that one. <laughs> and then that was followed by Vanilla Ice and the Queen. Queen. Uh, Queen. Ding, 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 well, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I P- thought Vanilla it was, was hilarious when he was explaining it because he kept going. My, theirs goes ding, 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 da, da, ding, ding. Mine goes ding, 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 da, da, ding, ding. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> and the man's a genius. Did you see what he ended up doing? He bought the rights to the song. Yeah. 
So he so it's like now it's his, and he's and he said he's making more money than he made off of Ice Ice well, Baby. Yeah, because <laughs> pressure. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> One greatest song. Great song. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, I actually once upon a time lived in Philadelphia, and I was at physical therapy, and I had an argument with a leather patient over who the greatest rock vocalist of all time was. She was insisting that it was Robert Plant, and I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Freddie Mercury is the greatest ever. No chance. Get out of here. And she was really upset with me, and I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not even close. So, Am I wrong? When you're talking about vocalists, it's I think people will go for Robert Plant because he's a lifestyle, whereas Mercury is the voice. I mean, he could sing opera. He could yeah. sing anything. That, that's, uh, it's funny. I just had this conversation with somebody just recently, too. They asked me who I thought was it, and I'm like, yeah, Freddie Mercury. It's hands down. There's, yeah. There's yeah. Just, I've heard isolated vocals from Freddie Mercury that I seriously thought they were probably the best voice I've ever heard like a singer have. <laughs> and it, and it's his live performance. I mean, everything. He just he could just, he he did it all. You yeah. know, it's, but so so how how do you guys feel about this? Do you, do you think it's a frivolous lawsuit? Seeing as how the original writers and the original guitarists from the actual band didn't care enough about this, truthfully, at the beginning, because because truthfully, the the family is making money anyway. I mean, they're 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 just trying to find another way to make more money off of something else they didn't do. In my opinion, I I think it's you're going with Stairway to Heaven, which has made a lot of money. Uh, yeah. I think they said like, it was like 586 million as of 2008. So by today, it's got to be at least 600 or more. They, was it? I think it was five, ten years ago. There was a stat going around that every every minute of every day, Stairway to Heaven is playing on one radio station somewhere, somewhere. in the country. Wow, it that's because it's a ten-minute song. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so it's get, it's still it, this this late. It's still getting that much airplay. Yeah, I think it's like okay, look, that's an easy target. Uh, you know, one of the members dead. They're never getting back together. They're never going to get together on this. This might be an you know easy pickings going after. Yeah, going after Plant and Page. Yeah, you know. So it's I'd say yeah. To me, it's I like like you said the the guy lived a full life afterwards and, and he didn't care. Didn't give one f about it. The only angle i could see that would be somewhat legitimate is you know there's more analysis today there's more techniques for kind of researching this stuff so maybe there's there wasn't a you know because of the availability of the of technology and things maybe the case wasn't there before and and you're also talking about one of the most legendary bands ever um you know there's a lot of pressure that they can put on but again, that doesn't really apply in this case because Spirit predated them. Like yeah, they they, right. they weren't you know a band that they were trying to rise up through the through the cracks. It was they were they were there before Led Zeppelin became Led Zeppelin. Okay, I, I don't know who Spirit was. I'm not going to pretend. I still I do. don't. <laughs> I still don't. But they, I mean, it's it's a little different than I mean. At that point, they had already came out and were what they were. It wasn't like. Okay. They were, you know, uh, trying to break through in the rock scene. like. But uh, as we talked before, though, if you look at the first two Led Zeppelin albums, I mean, most of the stuff on there, I mean, were just, they were old blues songs. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, how you know, how can you say, I ripped off these three chords, but I just, re- <laughs> I just redid, I can't quit you, baby. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I didn't see, you know, Blind Dog Johnson coming after him or whatever, <laughs> you know, whoever wrote that song, yeah. you know, yeah, I, that I, guy I, would have a case. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and again, it's, it's the music world is 
full of these types of things. You never know. You never, every song has been made. That's how I look at it. Every song has already been made. There are only a certain number of chords you can actually use. And I think every variation of them has been done. So you're going to find songs that sound the same throughout. Yeah, there's nothing new over under the sun. Under the sun. There's nothing new. So I believe it's a frivolous lawsuit. I thought the, the Marvin Gaye, Robin Thicke one was a stretch. But because it was Mar- Marvin Gaye suing or his estate suing Robin Thicke, I was okay with it. But <laughs> because uh, greatness, uh, trash. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a it's a strange world. But again, music, nothing is new there. I, th- I bet every every artist who made a, who's made a ballad has stolen something from Mozart or Beethoven in the middle of their ballad where it's like, oh, that chord sounds really familiar. <laughs> and there's a reason for it. You probably heard it your whole life. One of my favorite songs was um, uh, Strange Brew by Cream with Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. And he does a guitar solo in the middle. I, th- I think it's Strange Brew. And then the middle with the guitar solo is Blue Moon, the old, the old 50 song yeah. Blue Moon. <laughs> and it's like, again, it's <laughs> nothing's ever done about it. No. I mean... No, no, Sunshine of Your Love. It wasn't It was a Stranger Brew. Sunshine of Your Love. Oh, and he man. does Blue Moon right in the middle of the song. It is interesting to see the line with comedy versus music because you'll see if a joke even has a similar premise as another comics joke, everyone flips out about it instantly. Hey, you're a thief. Even though, even though everyone, you know, every time something happens, like, la- like two weeks ago, everyone was making gorilla jokes for like two weeks. <laughs> And so it's like you're bound to encounter where you just have a same premise. Um, and then but the thing is, you never hear anyone cover another person's jokes. Like you see bands like, you know, Lenny Kravitz will cover The Who and it'll be something that was like, OK, they cleared it and was good. That wouldn't even work. Like even if I got permission from Lewis Black yeah. to do <laughs> one of his jokes on stage as my own and do a cover of it, it would never work. Because no one was going to go, oh, well, you just got that from him. Yeah. It's like I was doing a cover, but it doesn't work with no, comedy. Yeah. No, I, I same thing. I, I I was the exact opposite. I, I wrote a joke for on my website. I just put it on my website year, years ago. And Daniel Tosh, when he got his show, he did a very similar joke to it. Oh. And all these people call me like, oh, man, he, he like. I'm like, damn, Tosh, first of all, he didn't steal my joke because <laughs> he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I was I was more... I, I guess it was kind of cool because we had the same mindset. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was like, I don't care that, you know, like you said, what am I going to do about it? You know, but like I said, it was kind of cool that somebody that famous and, and had his own show had the same kind of ideas. That same that thought did. process. That you. said, John Oliver needs to stop stealing my shit. <laughs> John Oliver not stealing from you. Every, how many, <laughs> we've, we've been, we had every, every two, how many times it's happened like at least three times where we've said something on the podcast and next week it's on last week tonight. Oh uh, yeah, that has happened a couple times. <laughs> All right, and hey. I'm not, I know he didn't get it from me. I'm not delusional, but it's still <laughs> frustrating. It's like here's here's DJ Marcus saying on the air, if John Oliver is listening to the dot comedy podcast, hire us, hire we, us. We, we are for sale. <laughs> we clearly would be good additions to your writing team. We Definitely. get you like everything a week earlier than your current writing staff. Oh, uh, man. But we're going to take a quick break on the Dad Comedy Podcast. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to kick it off in a little bit. You know what? I'm going to take us to break with Stairway to Heaven because it feels right for some reason. So I'm going to start it over a little bit, and we'll be back with more fun on the Dad Comedy Podcast. There's a lady who's sure 
And we're back on the Dot Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Marcus, and this segment is brought to you by www.dotcomedy.us. That's right, www.comedy.us is where you can find all things going on with Dot Comedy, including upcoming shows, live events, and things that you may need to hire us for. If you're looking for a DJ, if you're looking for an audio engineer, if you're looking for an, an MC for your eat for your company's banquet, visit us. We may be able to get some things going for you. All that on the www.comedy.us. And we're back on the Dot Comedy Podcast. I am DJ Marcus. I'm joined by Joey LaFaro. Back in the house, y'all. And Mr. Brian Lee. God, I'm just kicking this up when I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, man, and we are live in the basement of Beltsville. Oh, man, this is, this is a powerful song. I've never actually listened to it as intently as I am right now. <laughs> oh, man, but things going on in the world. Donald Trump. Now, I'm not, I don't know anyone's, anyone's uh, political persuasion, as it were. I don't speak to diminish anyone's furthering of their political party's beliefs. But Donald Trump is a jackass. I believe this to my core. Now, Brian, Brian, I don't know you. So that's what I say. I don't, I don't know anyone's political leanings. Joey, I know you believe the same as I do. Pretty much. <laughs> Actually, I, I, you know, I've always been a firm believer in say what you want about Donald Trump. I say he banged his daughter. Like, I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still banging his daughter. <laughs> but Did he say something creepy about her the other day again, too? Like he used to watch some other, like, Baywatch with her or something. Every, every two weeks he says something <laughs> creepy about his daughter, and everyone goes, is he fucking her? <laughs> Seriously. But Donald Trump has revived his his let's ban all Muslims from America rhetoric that he was running about, about two months ago, right before he got the got – the, presumptive nomination for the the Republican Party. He was really amped up on that, and that was his rallying cry. And then when he got the uh, the presumptive nomination, he, he kind of dialed back on those things. He was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to play this straight because I might become president. <laughs> this goes. And then the whole shebang down in Orlando goes down, and then he comes back, and he is on that whole kick again where he's like, hey, we need to get all these Muslims out of the country. And if that if that Muslim's parents weren't allowed in the country all those years ago, he wouldn't have been able to shoot up that nightclub. Doesn't make sense in any any stretch of the imagination because the boy's parents themselves have stated they don't want anything to do with that story about their son. That's not who the person they raised was. They're not radical Islamic terrorists, as it were. So he so th- this whole narrative doesn't fit to what he to what's true in the world. Do you think Trump's crazy? I seriously think. Do you think he's crazy? Uh, <laughs> I, I say I, I I am going to preface by I, I am the token conservative in the room. Okay. Um, I I don't and and, and let me tell you why it, it's uh, you know where I said I, I spent twenty three years in the military. Yeah. So I seen the other side of things. Um, I I I understand what the process is. I think the way he says it. Is crazy, <laughs> okay. But, but his ideas, he he needs guidance on his ideas. Yes, I mean it, there's there's a different. You can't say, hey, we're going to get rid. Like we need to get rid of, rid of every Muslim in here. 
Mm. No, you need to start somewhere else. You need to start with expired visas, things along those lines. You okay. know? And if, if you if he would come out and say it with just like a, just a little little decorum, <laughs> it might make a difference. And you think he'd get some people behind him if he if he and, said oh, it better. I I, I think that would be the difference because they would say he's not as bad shit crazy, <laughs> you know. Like I said, I, I people just goes like he just says the same thing over and over again. He he gets everybody stirred up, and you're like, okay, he's gonna bring it, mm-hmm. and then he just left turn to crazy town. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I mean, well, my thing is with this, he's bringing this up at a time where about preventing further Muslims from entering the com- country in response to what happened in Orlando, which was caused by someone who was from here. Like Mateen yeah. wasn't wasn't an immigrant. So it wouldn't have prevented anything. It has nothing to do with Orlando. And I don't like the idea of banning anybody from doing anything based on their religion. But I kind of understand, yes, there is a a hate for us in that part of the world. But Mm -hmm. you're kind of caught in this catch-22 of there is risk because they hate us. But I think they also hate us because we're not willing to try to understand or you know there's there's like mutual perpetual hate <laughs> from from lack of no one no one's trying to reach across and understand you know appreciate the other, the other side situation i can see that yeah I, I again i i've spent time in in the desert in some of those countries yeah oh yeah we're hated there's <laughs> yeah yeah um one of the things one of my favorite all time was dennis miller who who had said you know he his thing was why do they hate us? You go to one of these third world countries and they're all bombed out. They have they're like if they have two walls. They come to America and our walls literally shit money. So that's why they hate us. You know, it's yeah. like we have so much. Yeah. You know. But on the other hand, we have. I, I think we have just as many crazy religious people here as they do over there. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, yeah. Everyone, everyone in the northern north, northwestern part of America. If, if if the Westboro Baptist Church started hacking off heads, I think things would be a whole lot different over here. I you agree know? completely. It just you know just kind of like okay that they're crazy and you you accept it and everybody just equally dislikes them you know. But we have to be careful because they will sue the shit out of us for saying that. So uh, freedom, yeah. freedom, religion, day rock on, people, do whatever yeah. you want. I mean, is that a function of them? I mean. What do you think? Do you think of the just the like plate, you know, trade Westboro for Muslims, uh, or for the, you know for people who live in that area? Does being in America, being in a stable environment with actual police and an actual government, does that make a difference? Because you know, extremist groups over there, there's nothing to, to control. You know, keep them in check. Yeah. So you know, is that some of the problem? Is that they're in they're 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 there's no stabilization from the from a governing standpoint. I th- I think if you go way back and you look when we started doing the separation of church and state, right? Yeah. And and of course you have your freedom of speech, First Amendment, all that kind of stuff. So I can say you know, or when I say me, I you could say whatever you want based right. off of that. When you get to those countries, there is no separation because church is the state. The church is the state. Yeah. Right. So you you don't have that freedom <laughs> to say those things, and that's why when they come, you know, you you read these stories now how these communities want to start Sharia law and things like that. You're like, it's then you, you see firsthand. It's like, Oh, okay. And going back to what we're talking about, I think that's what he's trying to stop. Yeah. He's just saying it the wrong way. (laughs) I mean, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I can, I can see that. Cause 'cause again, like uh, I've never, 
I've never come out and said point blank period. I don't agree with some of the things he said, but the way it's just how he says it. Just like it's much like the Civil War episode of the Die Comedy Podcast. Everyone doesn't agree with how Joey says something, but if you listen to what he says, it makes sense at the end of the day. So Joey is Die Comedy's Donald Trump. I <laughs> I've, I finally said it. I'm sorry. It's true. <laughs> And I'm running for president in 2020. <laughs> but again, but it, it, I mean, this whole this whole situation, uh, everyone's everyone's decided to turn their back on him over the, in the last two weeks, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen this many people go, I don't know that guy, in, in the span of like four days. Because the entire Republican Party has said, oh, wait, we don't believe that. And they said, oh, we're distancing ourselves from him. I don't know. Either. Hillary's come down against him. Barack's come down against him. Everybody well, is saying do that anyway. Not uh, every, never, they were destined. This to do is that. this is more like that uh, when he came out and was in favor of like actual like advocating torture and violating the Geneva Convention <laughs> and the and on Fox News and Fox <laughs> the Fox News anchors were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like these are his people. Yeah. This is his base, and yeah. he, he can't. He is losing his base going. with his craziness. His his craziness loses his base every chance. I, I just I, you know I I would like to be able to be so rich that I'm that that I could get away with the, being that batshit crazy. Oh, that would be yeah. just the greatest thing in the world, you know. I'd love it, but it, but with him again, it's just it's coming down to. I, I get he just he just. How can he be that rich and not have a speechwriter or a delivery man or, or a coach? <laughs> he, I, mean, I think he does because he he delivered one speech that everyone was like, "Wow, he's he's really doing good." He has that speechwriter, but then he goes off the cuff and everyone goes, "He's fucking nuts." I don't know how rich he actually is either. I mean, he says he's he worth. says he's rich. He says he's rich. There's not a lot of I don't know how how much that has been verified. <laughs> And the fact that his businesses don't generally last, <laughs> he basically has lived off of the idea of that he is rich. So that uh, that's yeah. why his name ha- his br- his name as a brand has value. Yeah, I can see that because it, because it's it's uh, it's it's hey Trump on something makes it more fancy than anything else. So if I ha- if this was the Trump Studios, everyone would think, oh my God, they've got lots of money. Even though it's still me and Joey in a basement in Beltsville <laughs> with Trump on the side of his house. <laughs> are you look are you listening to a thunderstorm that's, that's brewing outside? Is that what that was? Yeah, there was lightning. I saw it in the okay. window and then nice. I, I wanna make sure there wasn't a bear entering my house. <laughs> <laughs> the bear's coming after your cat. Oh man. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't know if you want to go this far down the rabbit hole, but when you consider the alternative to Trump right now. If you want to invite me back for another show, I'll be glad to come back and talk about that because that's where I think where all my ammunition is. <laughs> we, you know what? We can talk about that because it, it ties into what we're – it doesn't tie into anything. But we can talk about that. I don't trust her either. Fuck it. <laughs> I, am a, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, and I do not trust Hillary Clinton. Look, she has the shadiest face of any old woman I've ever seen. I've already just, written off this – I'm not voting this year because – I, I I don't I I don't want to be responsible for what happens next because I, I I look it down and in both barrels are bad yeah and there's the lesser of two evils doesn't really apply because of how bad both options are <laughs> so I go ah, I'm just gonna clean it up in 2020 so 2020 <laughs> right, Joey Lafaro right in Joey Lafaro yes oh, I will not 
already on the ballot. So between 2016 and 2020, you're going to be hanging out with that bear in a cave, basically hibernating (laughs) until it's all over. Hibernation (laughs) until then. I'm starting my guerrilla campaign now. And I'm serious. We're going to win by write-in vote just to screw with everyone. Screw it all up. That's that's what I say for 2020. Screw it all up. It's going to be a great campaign. <laughs> Joey LaFaro 2020, screw it all up. Because at this I'm getting point, bumper stickers and everything made. We're going to go back. Do you remember Do you remember Richard Pryor and Brewster's Millions? Yeah. That's basically. <laughs> None yeah. of the above. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. None that's, of the above. None of the above. That's, that's, that's what I'm running it's, on. It's it's such a clusterfuck right now. What happened to D's Nuts? I was really looking forward I to it. I was hoping D's <laughs> Nuts would, win, would get some traction, but he just could not make it out of those primaries. Couldn't make it out of high school. Um, <laughs> oh, here's my man. last thing on this Trump thing. Okay. I mean, it's not even related to his solution. Like, his solution to a problem... Here is what yeah. worries me: is this is not how problem solving works, because he's pitching a, he's pitching this as a as a something to would have prevented what happened the other day, which was a tragedy. But you know what would have actually prevented it? Decent security at the nightclub. Like, why is no one calling them out for not being able to? How do you sneak an AR fifteen? Well, it's a into gay a nightclub. Building? They it, don't do a lot of pat downs at gay nightclubs. Oh AR yes, they 15. do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, no, 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 no I, sorry. Here, I, said, I will not. No, here, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, now, admittedly, I have had limited access or been around firearms, uh, but an AR fifteen is a pretty substantial weapon. Well, I watched. I watched a video. Of a guy who who said, hey, for all of you naysayers out there, here's how easy it would have been. And he was wearing jeans and a T-shirt. And he had an AR-15 in his pants. And he pulled it up. He had like 10 clips in his pockets. And a gun in his back pocket with two clips to load the, to reload the gun. So it could have it could happen if the security at the club is saying, hey, you know what? We're not. It's 1030. Anybody who comes in now, they're probably drunk already. No need to pat them down. Go ahead and, sh- go ahead and do whatever you need to do. Go to that ten thirty is like the ah fuck it point. That's, <laughs> that's before the beginning of the night, like eleven o'clock. Oh uh, yeah, starts. yeah. But you, you can't you can't go by the way. Like I mean, it, it's been disproved. I've been around weapons for the past twenty three yeah. years. It's you can get a exact exact replica of an AR fifteen that fires twenty two rounds. Yeah, they're very so. It's so. They, you know, they say, and, and the actual AR-15, the round it fires. I mean, I'm very familiar with it. It's, you know, bigger than your average round, but it doesn't do. It was it Michael Moore said? It'll spin around and explode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I heard that. I'm like, oh shit! They had that in Aliens, which I mean, that was awesome. But I'm, that, I'm like, I for 23 years, I would have killed to have some of that ammunition. Have one of those, yeah. But no, it's it, 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 so it, you can't. You you can't start to ban the weapons and all that yeah. stuff because it's the same round as what a hunter would use. Yeah. So it's so it has nothing to do. It com- that part comes from general ignorance of firearms. And if the thing is, no one really knows exactly what they do because they have this thought process. If you say an automatic weapon, you think of a Gatling gun from the Civil War. Yeah. That's your first thought. Is it? It's just spitting out bullets and it's mowing down. The red coats. I think think some people think that when you hear semi-automatic. Yeah. So anytime you put automatic and gun in the same sentence, everyone believes it's the same thing. They're not. I, I, again, I'm not a gun person. I don't know how to shoot a gun. 
I know how to shoot a bow and arrow, so Hunger Games, here I come. But <laughs> as far as <laughs> do you know which eye I'm is Daryl? Yes, I'll be Daryl. I, I I had to learn this the hard way. Uh, do you know which eye dominant you are? Because not necessarily which hand you are. Like if you're right-handed, you may not be right eye dominant. I, I think I'm left eye dominant because I, I remember when we shot him at when I was when I was a Boy Scout, and this is a story that we will go over in <laughs> on a fir- in a later dot comedy podcast when I left the Boy Scouts because they left me in the woods and didn't tell me they were changing the week of our survival tour. That's the end of that for this week, but we will come back to that. Put a pin in it. But again, I learned how to shoot, and they told me how to actually stand and shoot, so I would be able to shoot properly. Um, I forgot. That was like 13 years ago. That's why crossbows have been invented. Not prepared for the zombie apocalypse. I am prepared. I got a crossbow. It's the machine gun of bow equipment. Yeah. It's not, it's still, you still have to load it between shots. I can load it, and I'll shoot it. It's easy. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> when it, I think when it comes back to the, the weapons you said, you're talking about the ignorance. I think it comes down to... I, I, I don't want to say it this way, but it's you got your like your video games. And people see you yeah. look at the the, the the violence of video games. Oh, and that's that's what he had. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. What you see there is not going to happen <laughs> in real life, you know. So, and again, you can't blame that. You can't blame the weapon. You know, it's no. it, it, it's you can't blame the weapons. You got to blame people. That's why this the, the the surprising thing about this whole debate is I was waiting for what what uh, place everyone was going to go to with it. Because it was, it was everything rolled into one. It was gay rights. So I thought, hey, he went in the bathroom and started shooting first because he didn't know who was supposed to be in that bathroom. I thought that was going to be the first thing everyone said. And then he was going to go, oh, but it's he, if he didn't have access to so many guns, he wouldn't have been in. He ended up having, like, two guns. So <laughs> then that one goes blowing out the water. And they go, oh, it's the Muslims. And I went, Wait, how could everything be wrong in this one weekend event? But again, it was because everyone took sides, and I laughed the whole fucking time because I went, "You all don't know what you're fighting for." I, I read that thing, and th- this was stuck with me. Uh, a, a nightclub gets bombed in France; it's ISIS's fault. <laughs> nightclub gets bombed in Belgium; it's ISIS's fault. <laughs> nightclub yeah. gets shot in Orlando; it's the guns' fault. <laughs> Pretty much. How did that happen? <laughs> we don't want. We want to blame the gun and not the person. It's such a pain in the ass. And I'm, like I said, I, I subscribe to the old adage that guns don't kill people. Stupid people who go into <laughs> gay bars in the middle of the night kill people. That's my my two cents on this whole thing. But we're going to take a break on the Die Comedy Podcast. We're going to come back with more fun, more things in store for you guys. Um, you know what? Stomach sickness may make you skinny this summer. And for the three heavier set guys on this show this week, <laughs> we're going to get these things together for us. All right, folks, we'll be back in a moment on the dot comedy podcast And welcome back to the Dot Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Marcus. And we are live in the basement of Beltsville. joined by Joey LaFaro and Mr. Brian Lee. Hey, hey. This is a very erotic song. 
three men to be listening to in the basement of Beltsville. <laughs> Tell fuck you back to sleep, Joey. Turn my house to do a strip club. I sure as hell am. If you're looking for a strip club DJ, DJ Marcus is available. And this is the kind of music you'll hear all night long. Cinnamon to the side stage. Cinnamon. <laughs> I've been at that club and I've seen cinnamon go to the side stage. Oh, man. But we are back on the Dak Comedy Podcast. Oh, man. We're getting to a couple more things before we head out for the week, folks. Again, we are thankful to have Mr. Brian Lee in with us this week. Thank you, sir. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, <laughs> I'm having a blast. Oh, that's great. That, we're happy to hear that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, with the the possible election of Miss Hillary Clinton, women are getting their own stake in life now where they're they're able to do things that uh that men have told them don't do for many years we've we've been we've been harbingers of telling them to go in the kitchen and make me a sandwich for enough years now they want to get out there and work it's no it's no longer hey you should be barefoot and pregnant we want them doing the same shit we do because we're tired of doing it ourselves so women so there's a bill in congress that and i think it passed the senate or what is overwhelmingly passed the senate um, that is going to require women to register for selective service. I remember at age 18 when uh, the military recruiters were all in the cafeteria at lunchtime telling us all to make sure we, we registered for selective service. And I went, wait, I have to do that? <laughs> I thought that was an old thing that my great-grandfather had to do. And they went, nope, you got to do it. Because at some point we may call on you to come serve our country, and I went, well, that would be an honor to do. Not gonna volunteer. That's not my thing. So I stayed home from all that because I mean that was during the the, the height of the uh, Iraq War, and I was I was staying home. I, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. Joey, don't laugh at me. I'm <laughs> laughing. You stayed home too. <laughs> No, I mean, here's the thing. I don't take orders well. <laughs> I stay in my lane. I'm not. A, I, I I totally would do it, except that I'd probably be spending most of my time in the break. <laughs> well, Brian, as a former armed forces veteran, how do you feel about us two slackers sitting <laughs> on this couch right now? <laughs> Well, we'll start there first. How do you feel about us saying, hey, we can't do that. We're not going to do it. Uh, hey, it's not for everyone. Mm. Uh, honestly, uh, my whole thing was I, I don't want to work or I didn't want to work with somebody who didn't want to be there. So it's, you know, it, it's that that's just not good for anybody. Okay. Uh, it's but that's that's the military. It's not for everyone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got I have no no beef with people that didn't, you know, that that didn't serve, you know, uh. So I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, it, definitely there's nothing personal about it no, at all. Right. Good, we appreciate that. <laughs> um, but women, women being added to the draft pool, as it were, because because uh, that that's where that's what all this ends up being. It right. ends up being if if the if the government institutes draft, they have a now they have an even larger pool of women and men ages 18 to 35, I think it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. 18 to 35 to pull from to actually go and fight for our country's freedoms, for the things that we hold dear, red, white, and blue, Statue of Liberty, Apple Pie, Grandma, all those things. To go over there and do that. Now, how do you feel How do you feel about women being added to that pool? All right, well, first of all, I honestly, 
the draft would never in, in this day and age, the draft's never going to happen. <laughs> there'd be yeah, there'd be entirely too many. And there, and this is why there's there's people who who get out, or there's people who retire that are still eligible to go back to active duty. Really? So, yeah, it's like like my position right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in what's called the uh, uh, it's it's basically retired reserve, where okay. I can get called back up to ten years from from the day I retired. Okay. Now they're going to take me because I already have skills over top of someone. You know, if it gotcha. gets real bad, <laughs> then they're going to draft. But right now, the way the military is designed right now, the 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 voluntary enlistment is perfect. Okay. Now, on a side note. There is nothing sexier than a woman in uniform. So I am 100% for it. <laughs> I, I agree. I have subscribed to multiple uh, Tumblr <laughs> chats where it's women in uniform, uh, armed forces, ladies, those types of things. I love it. <laughs> I'm not going to say where I, what my name is on Tumblr because then people will see all my perversion. <laughs> but, but but that is a beautiful thing. But, yes, I agree. Women Women are definitely – strong enough to actually step out there and be a part of our armed forces. Um, I think they do have – see, the, the issue we used to run into is we didn't believe women had the mentality to go into a war zone and actually be a part of it. I've been to bridal showers, bachelorette parties, uh, daycares. <laughs> women have the mentality to do anything we could fucking do because I work for a day in a daycare. And that was the worst day of my life. And I would rather have taken orders in Iraq than stay in there with them damn kids one more minute. But again, but again, it's it's a matter of we we finally gotten to a point. I think the progression is starting to be shown as as we get to. I don't think the wage discrepancy is going to get fixed anytime soon, except for if Hillary becomes president, because then she's going to make it her number one mission in life to make sure that everything is equal for men and women in the country because again she that would be her legacy because she can't do free health care for everyone obama did that i think a lot of people are <laughs> overestimating her her feminism <laughs> <laughs> I, she, I mean she's the wife of a billionaire I mean, she, she doesn't really have to do too much she she makes her own money but again it's her money here's my thing uh, how do you feel how do you feel joey equality's a bitch like, like I feel like they've been fighting for all this equality and everything else. Is like they were. I don't think they were counting on this one. Like this seems. Yeah, it seems like something that I mean. I don't think a lot of them would be, be mad at it. I think a, a lot of probably a lot of women who would embrace it, mm-hmm. um, a, as such. But I, I think there probably are a few women out there who are like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. We didn't want this. Uh, yeah. We were fine with giving us equal pay for equal work and. Well, the thing right now that the 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 more of the hot button issue is, I mean, the women have been in the military forever. Yeah, they're opening up combat jobs now to the, women. To women, and right. that's like one of the one of the bigger issues. Um, one of the and they hate to say this, but the bottom line, it comes down to money. Yeah, uh, and Navy in particular, one of the a years a few years back, it was okay. We're going to put women on submarines. Why don't we have women on submarines? You know, what's the and no one thought about the fact that it cost millions of dollars to refit those for women. to for women to be on there to get them their own area to sleep and sh- you know and shower and stuff like that. Oh, and the fact that there is a hundred plus men surrounding them, yeah. so all the training and stuff that goes into that. There, I mean, there's a, there's a lot involved. So it was never an issue of we don't want you. 
Mm-hmm. It's a question of, man, this is going to be a lot of work. Is so it cost effective ready. to actually do it this way? Exactly. See, my, my thing is, treat them all the same. If if a woman is coming into a to the military, every person in the military has the same thing for each other. So if you say, "All right, you're a part of you're part of the army," so this barracks is for all of our new recruits, men, women, everybody over there. So you want it to be like Starship? Troopers. I was reading my mind right there. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> because because again, that that seems like a more simpler way to do it. Because you go, okay. It's all equal. It's all fair and it's all equal. You're all working together. You're all in the same. Why should I give you your own special place? You're in the military. No one gets anything special in the military. <laughs> my grandfather told me numerous times, I couldn't sleep unless I had a rock under my helmet because that's <laughs> that's how it was in Korea for him. And I went, well, that sucks. And if, if, if you say, okay, well, the women can't go out into the, into the field because X, Y, and Z, that just seems asinine to me. Just treat them as if they're just like everybody else. That's what. That's how I treat when I, when uh, DJ Marcus was hiring people for the numerous jobs he was working. Uh, when he was working at Walmart previously, he um, I'd hire everybody to do the same job. So if I hire a cashier, that cashier needs to be able to throw freight off the off the truck that comes in. That cashier needs to go back and be able to bake bread. Only thing I didn't hire anyone to do that was interchangeable was cut meat. And that was because if you cut your hand off, it's different from if you get a hernia from lifting a bag of flour. There's a fu- there's a fundamental difference between the two. I I pay more. That's <laughs> that's how that works. But again, I had women meat cutters who could cut an entire cow and and cut it down to steaks, and everyone would go, "Jesus, the woman did that." Yes, the woman did that, and she was great at it. Loved, I loved every minute of it. But again, you got to tre- and but we treated them all equally. We, the same jokes we tell. When they weren't there, the same jokes we tell when they were there. I I never I never segregated my life in that way. Maybe that's why I lost so many jobs. <laughs> but again, it's it's but but I I live that way on purpose because I don't want my daughter. I have a daughter, and I don't want her to grow up in a world where she's seeing things as different all the time. Because if she sees, hey, everybody's the same, everybody's equal, men, women, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, we're all the same. We're just people. It gets you get through life easier. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it would go the same way with the military. If you said, "Hey, everybody's in here. Every if you you got to use the bathroom, you got to use the bathroom the same way everybody else uses the bathroom." Yes, you do have a medical problem that happens every month. We'll deal with that just like we deal with the guy with asthma that may have an asthma attack out in the field. We deal with it the same way as we do any other medical issue, but we don't have to take the the other precautions. Because it's just like the bathroom thing, where the bathrooms are being uh, – right now our bathrooms are segregated between men and women. I don't know why. I don't stare at women when they pee. It's not necessary for me to go into a separate room. I can go do. into a box inside of the same room as a woman, and I would not know that she was in there. It's only it's only then when we get the minutia of things that I that I get upset with this type of thing. When you, when you think about the military and you break it down, though, you, you're looking at a cross-section of people from everywhere. Yeah. And – in 23 years, I've served with, I mean, some great people, and I've served with some nutcases. I, I I served with a in my my first tour, I served a guy from Vermont who had never met an African American in person. <laughs> His first one he met was in boot camp, and he was freaking out because all he knew was what he saw on TV. Yes. Oh, so wow. you get people where you don't know mentally 
what you're getting or, yeah. or, or, or what what they could do. So, I mean, granted, most people have the common sense to, hey, I'm not going to go rape that. <laughs> <laughs> you get that guy who's never been around it, who doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, but he he met every other piece of criteria. You know, but, that's but we because then that built. But you didn't build a culture of family. Because that's what that's what that comes from too. Mm-hmm. Family protects each other. That's what you. I th- I would think the military would build that more. Because that's that'd probably be first day. This is your brother. This is your sister. Protect them no matter what. So that would stop that culture of rape that comes in the, into play as far as the military goes, and that abuse that comes from women serving. Because he, first day there, they said that's your sister. Now you're a jackass if you let somebody come and rape your sister and you know about it. It was like, a, it yeah. was it was a big culture shock for me because my entire time my I, I said my first seven years were in the army. Mm-hmm. I never served with a female. I was there was no no females in the combat positions like that I did. Oh, okay. I didn't serve with a female till I till I switched over to the navy. <laughs> and honestly, it was a culture shock. Mm-hmm. There were things that I had said and you know and. <laughs> Then all of a sudden, like you can't say that anymore, you know. Uh, yeah. Even like just like simple marching cadences. Oh, that, 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 no, not so fast, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so it, 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 but and that's what it, you're exactly right though. They're like, okay, everything you know, you know, this is you're not on the street anymore, and for you, you Brian, you have to unlearn everything you learned for the past seven years, and you have to learn it this new way. Yeah. But that, but like you said, the first thing they teach you, whatever branch you're serving, you're not white, you're not black. Everybody's blue or everybody's green now, you know. So and and it, you're right. It does start on day one, and it's and they and uh, they do a really good job of cultivating it. And like you said, everything's equal. That's that's like the job out of every job in America. We walk into and the pay scale is the same and everything. <laughs> yeah. My my whole thing. My and my joke was if you guys remember the uh, George Orwell book Animal Farm from years ago was required so, yeah. reading as a kid. There was always that saying. You know, everyone here is equal. Some are just more equal than others. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's the basics. That's of it. it. Oh man! But yeah, we're we're gonna switch gears again because again, we don't want to yell at women all night. Like, how do we yell at women? We don't yell at women to die comedy. We only yell at Candace. We yell at Candace because she can't hear because she's old. That's for making Although me play that promo earlier. <laughs> I will say in 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 your scenario, Marcus. Uh huh. I think if that became a thing, that I could envision like a like a stripes reboot where two guys join the military because they get to be in a room where they get to see tits every day. Like I feel like that. <laughs> I would not. You would see that more. I could see that happening. I, I, I could see that happening where it's just like, hey man, you, it. I could see it, Joe. Hey, what's the old Davy saying? A woman in every port. <laughs> 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 oh man, but th- different things going on in the world. Um, bulimia. Think, bulimia is a speaking of women in the military. Bulimia, <laughs> <laughs> great segue, Marcus. That, that was a hell of a segue. <laughs> uh, the FDA approves a weight loss stomach pump. That I can't read that word. I don't aspire know why. Aspire assist. Aspire assist to combat obesity. So basically, what this this new pump does is it creates the effects of bulimia, where it makes you it makes you it, I believe it makes you throw up. Am I correct, Joe? Uh, well, no. What it does what is, is it suck it, fat out of your stomach. It sucks the food out before your body absorbs it. So it's okay. the same. It's yeah, kind of same premise as bulimia. Same effect as bulimia yeah. of your body's not actually getting the food. It never gets to your body. It never gets to your um, blood, your stomach lining, to where it goes out to the rest of your body, which is 
great because I need a six pack by July fourth. And they if they've they've approved this, I am going to buy one and set it up in Dot Comedy Studios. That way Blue and I That's not how that works. What they what? You don't set it up in a place. You set it up inside you. Wait, huh, what? Yeah, they put a tube inside your stomach that runs out to the side of your abdomen. Look at the picture. Oh, well that's just stupid. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't it need all that your headache. Food out into a bag. So it sucks your food out into a bag. So this is a this is the joy of losing everything because I wouldn't want to do this to myself, <laughs> even though it would make me skinny for the first time in my in about twenty five years. I wouldn't want to do this. It's like getting lap band surgery, where it's like I gotta get my stomach closed up to the size of a can of soda, and if I eat more than that, I'll keel over and it'll pop or something will happen inside of me. I don't need you don't need this type of crap in your life, Joey. You're the you're the weight loss expert of that comedy. You're 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 the fitness guru. Would you suggest this for anybody? This is not for me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, it seems like you know an alternative to lap band. That that would be what I That'd would be expect. the new alternative. Um, you know, I it it could work for people who are in that status. I've always been a big believer in the process of changing your lifestyle mm-hmm. to affect your change. Yeah. Um, however, if you are some absurd amount obese <laughs> that there, you know, you need a little help to get started. I, you know, I can, I can understand that. I mean, this isn't, this is not a product that they, that <laughs> would be ever be for me because so I'm, I'm not nearly big enough to warrant it. The, the people who would want to do this are the people who are probably morbidly obese. Right, like you have like a hundred pounds, or to you're lose. like, or you're like, like you have a hundred pounds to lose. The thing about this is, it only it, from the looks of it, it only works on food you eat after the point you get the thing inje- injected into you. So you have to actually get surgery to get down, and then they implant this thing into you. So it it ends up being extra because you won't if you're just saying, okay, I'll I'll exercise every day. You're changing your life anyway, so you don't have to really right. necessarily do this part. But then you'll get, okay, I don't want this feeling inside of me anymore, so I'm going to just have it all sucked out of me before it gets down there. You're already fat. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like if you're that big, there's some simple things you can do to change your lifestyle. Um, at least in most cases. I would assume that there are a few select people who have like weird thyroid things. There's got to be some. But again, all you're talking about here is portion control. Mm-hmm. Which, if you just learn how to, if all this thing is going to do for you, if that's the only benefit to it, you're going to benefit a lot more from learning how to do it on your own because that's going to help you develop your willpower, which is going to help you change your life. Which, I mean, because this, you're not going to have this forever. And in the minute you take it out, I mean, you're going to be right back where you started. And, and we've seen this with lap band surgery where they, yeah. they, you know, they go right back. They, gain they just weight. go get fat again. Right. And so I mean, it really it'd become an excuse. It'd become an excuse as to why you can't eat that fourth cheeseburger. I guess my theory is, in theory, that's who who should be using this is the people who really need you know to 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 get healthy you know for for their life purposes. Mm-hmm. But in reality, who's going to end up using this? <laughs> Those people who have the issues. Oh my God, I'm fat. Meanwhile, they're eighty pounds. Yeah. You know, are the doctors going to be able to say, no, you can't get this? Or are they going to be like that? You know, are they going to follow the Hippocratic Oath 
and say you don't need this, or is it, or just you know, you see, does that yeah. make sense? What All I'm it takes is one. That's the problem, right? See, to me, doctors have not followed the Hippocratic oath since the first set of diet pills hit the market, <laughs> and then Doctor Phil and Doctor uh, Strange. Who's the other doctor? Strange. Doctor Oz. Doctor Hugo Strange. Doctor Oz and all those doctors on that one uh, that one ABC show. As soon as they all started making money, doctors threw that Hippocratic Oath shit in the woods. That's right. And let deers piss on it because they don't care yeah, they anymore. It's about money. It, yes, yeah, so they start making up shit about things, things that you can do to eating a berry will make you feel better. No, it won't. It's a berry. It's goji. It you, sucks. You know what makes you feel, you know what makes you feel better? Blooming onions with bacon and cheese sauce. No, that would that would make you want to get this. <laughs> the, this bulimia inducing. It'd make you feel better for about five minutes. Yeah, but, I we're, mean, but we're officially in that like you know that that frame where it's 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 quick. I want it now. I want this. Yeah, I don't want to work for anything. Right. I, I want the magic pill. Yeah, you know, and this is just another thing. Just, you got this and liposuction and cold sculpting, just, and and uh, calf implants and you know every uh, everything to make you look better, even though you won't feel better by the end of exactly. it. Exactly. And, and I'm sorry, calf implants upset me so much. <laughs> I don't know. Did I did I strike a nerve, Joe? I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. Because Joey, Joey does calf raises religiously. What? But yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know why that one popped in my head. I, I heard somebody that did that before, and I'm like, are you kidding me? It was on Entourage. Uh, I don't watch that. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... Well, he acts self-conscious about his calves. So, so he, he got calf implants? He, had, he, he was desperately trying to get enough money for his calf implants. And I'm thinking, that's like the least manly thing you could <laughs> ever do. Oh my goodness! But again, the horse is the abid is the abid plant. Yeah, that's no, yeah, that's the yeah. because what if you get fat with the abid plant? So you're just like a like a big beach ball golf ball. Like yes, it has wrinkles in it. <laughs> it's like the Spartans meet fat bastard. Yeah, yes. pretty much. <laughs> that, that's that's the truth. Oh man! But again, food is food is around us all the time. And you know who else? Food seems to be around a lot lately. Animals in captivity, because kids seem to be getting fed to numerous animals in captivity. First, it was that poor black baby that got fed to that gorilla, <laughs> and now it's a new baby in Florida that got fed to a, a gator, which <laughs> I thought would happen on any street in Florida, let alone a zoo, because it happened at Disney World, didn't it? Yes, it did. So I've been to Disney World. I've seen the attractions where you get real close to the animals. I don't know how the hell this baby got eaten <laughs> because there's more people because the safari ride at uh, Disney's Wild Kingdom, I think it is. There's a safari ride where you're going around and you're seeing all the animals and everything. It seems so tame as opposed to a real safari. But I'm thinking this gator was a rogue. Like this <laughs> this gator had, it was a Florida gator. And he, he was like, hey, <laughs> they're getting real food. And over at that place over there, let's go over there. And he got there, and there was a baby, and he just snatched it. Wait, where's so wait, where's Disney Disney World is at? Disney World's in Orlando. Oh, so it was a radical gator, is what <laughs> we're talking here. Yes. So it was this, this is a radical <laughs> Al Qaeda gator. <laughs> Al Qaeda gator. That is great. That's gonna be the name of my new band. Okay. <laughs> it was Al Gator. That, that, that's who it was. <laughs> He ate a two-year-old, <laughs> and, and there we laugh. 
I'm sorry. Oh my goodness! But how can Florida say anything? I mean, that's that's, that's their thing. That's their thing. You can't be mad that a Gator did what Gators do naturally. And you're in your town that's full of nothing but Gators every fucking where. I've seen in Gator your your team is the Gators, <laughs> the Florida Florida University Gators. Now I'm 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 all a fan. I'm a fan of of nature. I want animals to live free. But seriously, we need to find a way to put these attractions behind better security walls and find a way for kids not to be continuously getting eaten or dragged or beaten over the head by angry gorillas, gators, monkeys, chimpanzees, giraffes, and and elephants. Because what happened? Didn't Donald Trump get get uh, chased by an elephant last week? I think you told me that story happened, Joseph. I don't remember that. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I mean, it may have. I just Bad while I look it up. <laughs> anyway, what do you what do you what do you think of this, Joey? This this thing caught me off guard because the first statement that anyone made to me about it was a coworker who said that the Gator had kidnapped a three year old, <laughs> and I thought to myself, that doesn't sound right. That sounds like that kid's food. That's what it sounds like. But then I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. What if he did kidnap him and he like took him back and he raised him as his own? Maybe a kid raised by alligators. You don't hear very often. Like he would grow up and not know how to pay a check. He'd, like pick <laughs> up things with his mouth all the time. He would get in wrestling matches. Laying on rocks all day long. Rednecks. <laughs> laying on rocks. Okay, it wasn't Donald Trump. I was mistaken. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was chased <laughs> was. by a elephant last week. Get to the chopper. <laughs> but again, get to the jeep now. <laughs> it's the elephant. <laughs> Coming to get you. How can how how can no. we, how can we keep people safe? I've been to zoos. I've been I've been to the National Zoo in DC. Um and I took my daughter there and, and I looked around and I went, This seems pretty safe, but then she started climbing. And when kids climb, they sprint when they climb. I don't know how they get on top of a rock and then run, but they do. So you can't really prevent this except for making a thirteen nothing. foot high wall. <laughs> To, to me, there's there's two ways to handle it. It's either a you make these zoos of animals that aren't dangerous, and, okay. and, and in turn means boring, <laughs> or you treat the children like you would treat the animals, and perhaps put them on leashes. I don't know. <laughs> it's that's it's, why you see all those monkey backpacks exactly. leashes because because these children are, they're getting they're getting too ahead of themselves, and these animals don't know what the hell to do. Because what I see, I saw a. Uh, I think a video of a duck that a little kid kept fucking with the duck and he hitting the duck and the duck just finally smacked the shit out with its head. Again, kids don't know what to do with animals. No. <laughs> I don't. Do you remember this being this, this frequent when we were growing up? No. So here's what I propose. Uh, we changed this culture of don't hit your kids and let them catch whoopings like we did. So they stop doing dumb shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> because we've we've basically neutered parents what they're able to do. Yeah, because you say, "Oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong." It's like, and there are parents who abused that and were yeah. abusive. But there's the line between being abusive and, and setting shit straight. And you're right. It's like sometimes it's not a matter of you know you're you're abusing the kids. Sometimes you are trying to really you know generally you want to avoid negative reinforcement. Yes. Positive reinforcement is better. But in a situation where their life is at stake, like, I don't yeah. know, they might try to touch the stove. 
slap the fuck out of their hand so they know, hey, I should go near that stove again just as a present, you know, preventative measure. Because or, or you do like my mom did. And let me burn myself once or twice. That'll teach you. And then you go, <laughs> <laughs> stand away from the stove because that's bad. Because, again, you've pussified parents. You've taken the, you've taken the hey, let's, uh, everyone said every child's a snowflake. Every kid's a snowflake. Some of these kids are jackasses. I mean, they're snowflakes, but they melt. Yeah. The problem. <laughs> and they melt and they make brown snow. I'm a firm <laughs> believer in training videos. And I, I remember the first animal incident that from where I was when the whale at SeaWorld bit that trainer's head off. So we're going to go to the zoo. But before we go, Junior, I want you to watch this. Yeah. Okay. Don't get close to anything. Don't, get, don't yeah. touch anything. There you go. So the kid's traumatized, but he's safe. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> you know what? That works. <laughs> and we'll, you know, we're going to leave on that note. <laughs> And we want to do want to thank Mr. Brian Lee for coming on the Die Comedy Podcast this week. We had a blast with you, sir. Guys, thanks for having me. I had a great time. All right, what's that website for you one more time? www.cerebral-punishment.com. The dash is just a dash. It's not. So, but <laughs> yeah, cerebral just, D-A-S-A. <laughs> the dash is silent. When your cerebral dash dashes to your punishment. <laughs> oh, man. Anything going on with you, Joey, in the next couple of weeks? No. <laughs> Oh uh, man, yeah, Dak. Sunday. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, come out and support Joey LaFaro as he plays football in the park with a bunch of his friends. Air after that. <laughs> oh, one last thing. Go Penguins! Stanley Cup champions. Gotta get a shout out to my homeboys. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm not even a fan of hockey, but I, I do wish them the best of luck because they have nothing else to choose to win. They've won it all. Congratulations to the Penguins. I'm DJ Marcus. That was Joey LaFaro, Mr. Brian Lee. For the rest of Dot Comedy, William B.J. Butler, Jesse Rivas, Candace August, and Blue, we will see you next time on the Dot Comedy Podcast.